Good evening. Welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And burps, apparently. Yeah. Good Minor interruption. Sorry. It was just like a, like, dead pause and then... And I am your host, Becky Gremlin. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Pause for effect. Wait, what happened? (laughs) What happened? Um... So, you guys, before we get into tonight's episode, crazy fucking ass episode about Robert Durst and all of that craziness, uh, a word from us, Monsieur. Calm your buddy down, yeah. Love it. All right, guys. Um, thank you for everyone that bought during the sale. Uh, the last night was yesterday, and um, appreciate it. So, anything would be. Um, any last minute orders will actually be mailed out tomorrow morning. So um, everything should ship by Christmas. Um, you know, obviously, or hopefully there's no, because obviously around this time of year, but hopefully there won't be any problems. Um, but yeah, thank you for everybody that did. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, we still will have all of the um, the pumpkin spice, the snowmen, and the skulls will still be up for sale um, until the end of the year. And then after the first of the year, actually, well, after the first of the year, there will, there will be another sale and then they will be gone until um, late next year. So uh, calm your body down, Etsy, TikTok, and Instagram. Thanks, guys. Calm your body down. <laughs> Also, when you said la- the last night, for some reason you said like last night was yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, last night would have been yesterday." <laughs> I was like, "The did I not?" No, you did. I didn't. Right. Mean... My brain just went, "Yeah, last night was yesterday." You had me worried. Like, did I not emphasis on the syllables? Girl, you did not fast <laughs> syllables. <laughs> so, you guys, tonight we are talking about the crazy story that was the jinx which was a docuseries that was on hbo max if you guys got a chance to watch that if you didn't we're going to talk about it um we're just basically going to talk about what happened and what it was covering the entire story surrounding robert durst is actually uh, wow um there's my cousin was like you have to watch this you have to watch this it's so good and we watched the whole thing well i watched it uh I watched it pretty early on, like when I got HBO Max and I told you about it and unfortunately you didn't have it, but I was like, she'll get around to watching it. She'll love it. I know she will because this case is just, it's just crazy. Like I was actually talking to my dad about it earlier and um, so the the Jinx actually came out in 2015 on HBO. Um, it was a six part documentary. Uh, obviously it's available for stream once HBO Max came out and, um, yeah, I was talking to my dad about it today and he followed the case really early on back when it was on court TV. Um, when I think the Morris Black, and we'll get into that, um, the murder in Galveston, Texas. Um, yeah. So the whole, the whole thing, I, you know, and you guys will get it. By the end, if you haven't watched the Jinx yet, um, still, I would still watch it. Because uh, there's going to be some things that we may not touch on. And it's just, it's worth watching. Um, but one thing that I prefaced was, and pretty much sums up, like, 
all of this is what a rich white man can get away with in this country <laughs> is undeniable. And uh, yeah, Robert Durst is the prime example of that. Um, oh, so yeah. Like if you yeah. want to sit down and talk about what money can do to save your ass in this country... This is a, this is, this is it. This right here is it 100%. Yeah, this is, this is basically, this pretty much sums it up. Um, so there's a news article that came out on November 1st of this year, uh, from the Rockland, Westchester, New York area. Um, this is actually the area where his, uh, where he was indicted, um, where his, uh, first wife, Kathy, went missing. So uh, it's lohud.com, uh, entitled Robert Durst, a timeline of his wife's disappearance in his criminal cases. So to start off, just to give you a little bit of background, Robert Durst was the cross-dressing scion of a billion-dollar Manhattan real estate empire who left the business when passed over by a younger brother as their father's successor. For nearly four decades, he has been suspected in the disappearance of his wife, Kathy, from their cottage in South Salem. He was indicted in her killing by a Westchester grand jury on November 1st of this year, around the time of this publication. Um, this was the third killing for which Durst has faced murder charges. The first was for the killing of a close friend in Los Angeles in 2000. Susan Berman was shot execution style in her home before New York investigators had the chance to speak with her about Kathy Durst's disappearance. Nine months later, Durst shot and dismembered a neighbor, the Morris Black I mentioned, in Galveston, Texas. He beat that murder rap. Yeah. <laughs> he dismembered somebody and got away with it, guys. Um, and felt emboldened enough a decade later to share his life story for an HBO documentary. This was after the movie came out about uh, him that uh, I still have not seen. I probably should watch now knowing what I know about the case. But um, I think it was called All Good Things, starring... Uh, Ryan Gosling plays a character based on him and Kirsten Dunst plays a character based on his uh, missing wife that he murdered. Um, but he talked his way into a murder charge for the Berman slaying for which he was sentenced last month to life in prison. So this article basically goes in chronological order of Durst's life and his crimes. Um, so he was born in, on April 12th of 1943. First of all, he's an Aries. Right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Aries man. I mean, it says a lot. Aries man. As soon as I saw when he was born, I was like, oh, he's an Aries man. Oh, okay. Okay. I love, it makes perfect sense. Says a lot. <laughs> um, so if you wanted to read what happened uh, November 8th, 1950. Sure. So November 8th, so November 8th, 1950, Durst's mother, Bernice, falls or leaps to her death from the roof of the family's Hampton Road home in Scarsdale. Listen, this, he, he, he saw it. So apparently though, there are, I wanted to comment on that because there have been mixed reports regarding that, his account of that. Um, so if you watch the jinx, Robert says in the interview that he witnessed his mother um, fall and she did battle with depression. She battled with postpartum depression. Um, his brother states that they actually were not there when this happens. Um, so his brother contests Robert's account, and this is his brother Douglas. Douglas states that uh, they were all at a neighbor's house and that Robert 
blames his father basically for their mother's death and other childhood events for his own criminal behavior to garner public sympathy basically so Douglas vehemently denies that this actually happened, even though Robert goes into this whole big long story and the jinx about how he witnessed his mother. Um, so leading up to that, the things he says about her depression and all that is true. Um, but whether or not he actually witnessed her fall, um, I think based on the depression and postpartum, I'm more likely to believe that it was probably suicide. Um, but you know a lot of stuff robert says you got to take with a grain of salt i feel like you know he's kind of just seems like he lies a lot so and you know i mean he, he lied for fucking what 30 what was it 30 years well 40 years or 40 years his wife about uh, yeah kathy um um 1971 dental hygienist kathleen mccormick and robert durst meet and after two dates in early 1972, they moved to Vermont, where they run a health food store called All Good Things. Which is where the name of the movie came from. Um, after two dates, um, and you call lesbians, you hauls. Hello. That's a little fast. It sounds like me. No. But yeah. <laughs> I'm Your not, situation is I different. am not married to a Robert Durst. I mean, fucking... <laughs> I mean, like, just like you said earlier, am I going to judge someone who does that? No. Hell no. But you might just want to get to know them a little bit better. And I'll tell you right now, <laughs> I think that there were red flags, but my dad kind of... You know, I was, I was telling my... When I was talking to my dad about this earlier, and we were talking about how, like, unattractive he is, even back then. And my dad's like, well, she wasn't attracted to him. And I was like, oh, yeah, money's pretty attractive. <laughs> like, I hate to say that about her because I don't know Kathy personally. And I definitely, I mean, this is no jab to the poor woman. God, not at all. You know, she was awful what happened though. to her. She, she was, was gorgeous. Really but let me tell you right now, maybe she did have feelings for him, but I'm sure there were red flags. Back then, he wasn't bad looking. Like, when they would show old pictures of him. I mean, not him, that bad looking. He wasn't like, oh, my God, Ted Bundy's this man. But he was, I don't know why Ted Bunny was the first 70s guy that popped in my head. But well, he you know, typically there is. is when you think of looks. Because everybody right. you know, he's so good looking. But he wasn't bad, but he wasn't, she was really pretty. Like, when you see pictures and stuff of her, she was very pretty. I should also preface something real quick about him and his brother. Because we're going to get into more stuff about that uh, later. His, him and his younger brother have always had an incredibly contentious relationship. Douglas has stated that he has felt like Robert has wanted to kill him his entire life. He has had a rest active restraining order against him, I think, since 1999. We'll get more into that in the timeline. I but feel like that's a red flag. Um, well, when <laughs> Robert was 10 years old, he was diagnosed in 1953 by a psychiatrist of having personality decomposition and schizophrenia at 10. So, and because he was exhibiting behavior then that Douglas was terrified i mean this is back when they were little kids and he was terrified of them and he's still terrified of them to this i day. mean in all reality though did he ever really get treatment no his parents actually made him go to a psychiatrist so the story goes they made him and douglas both go to a psychologist psychiatrist because they quote unquote had sibling rivalry where but if you which if you ask robert that's what he says it is if you ask douglas he says that basically when they were kids, Robert, he thought Robert was going to kill him. <laughs> like, 
You know, growing up with I my mean, sister, we we fought sometimes. Oh I've God, never, we fought like we were gonna kill each other. I mean, I had a younger brother too, but you, good Jesus, I've never I'm been in actual fear that my sister was gonna kill me. Never, never, same. Like, no, that's on a whole another level. So in 1970, in 1973, uh, McCormick and Durst returned to New York so that he can resume working for the family real estate business, the Durst organization. And on April 12th of that year, on Durst's 30th birthday, they get married. Um, in 1978, after getting a nursing degree, Kathy enters Albert Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx. See, like, when you look at their wedding photo, he's not terrible looking. He kind of looks like Paul Simon, and I really hate to say that because I love Paul Simon. Yeah. That is honestly no knock on Paul Simon. It was just the timing of it being the 70s, I think, but he kind of does look like Paul in Simon. In all reality, a, a lot of men in the 70s kind of looked the same. They did. Yeah, it's true. So it's kind of true. My dad, like even in the sixties, my dad's high school yearbook. I swear, did it? Did all it the look women like, look the same. Did actually. it look like the Bachelor? Like the contestants on the Bachelor, they just all look the fucking all the same. women look the same. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Same hairstyle, white. Um, sounds about right. This is the middle of Indiana in the sixties, guys. White. <laughs> this is the middle of Indiana in the sixties. My dad's black, but everybody else. Yeah. Kind of how it went. Do you have the Black Panther? We have the White Puma. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> so funny. In January of 82, Kathy Durst was treated at the Jacoby Hospital. Jacoby or Jacoby? I think it's Jacoby, actually. I've heard it Jacoby because there was a last Obi -Wan name. Obi-Wan Jacoby? Yes. There was... <laughs> there's, a, there's a true crime case that I'm familiar with uh, where someone... They had the last name of Jacoby and it was spelled mm. like this. So I just think Kenobi Jacoby. I'm just going to say Obi-Wan Jiganobi. Jiganobi. I like that one too. Jiganobi. Jigolo. That sounds like an actual last name. What? Jigalobi? That sounds like an actual last name. Like for sure. Anthony Jigalobi. Italian. Anthony Jigalobi. You got to do the. Comes with the. <laughs> So Kathy Durst is treated at the Jacoby Hospital in the Bronx for facial injuries. Friends say she told them the injuries were inflicted by her husband. So this is when they start realizing, like, in, in the docuseries, too, they talk about it, where he was actually physically abusive um, to Kathy. Yes. And in or January 31st of 82, Kathy leaves a dinner party in Connecticut and returns to the couple's uh, Hoyt Street Cottage in South Salem. They argue. Robert says he drove her to the Katana train station and later reached her by telephone at the Riverside Drive apartment in Manhattan. And this is when it all like goes. This that was the night everything started being weird. On February first, a woman claiming to be Kathy Durst calls the medical school and says she is too ill to attend a pediatric clerkship that was beginning that morning. But basically five days later, Robert Durst reported his wife missing. During the media firestorm that results, his close friend Susan Berman would serve as an unofficial spokeswoman. So Which is actually someone, so he knew Susan Berman about 10 years or so before uh, Kathy because they met in college. Um, yeah, so that's when she kind of unofficially becomes the spokes, spokeswoman for him. Um so in 83, a surrogate court case of Kathy Durst's estate begins, and her sister contends in an affidavit that Robert bears responsibility for her disappearance. In February of 1990, Robert Durst sells their South Salem Cottage home. 
And in June of that year, unbeknownst to Kathy Durst's family and friends, Robert Durst obtains a divorce in Westchester County Court after claiming spousal abandonment. That is really fucked up. When you, that episode of the Jinx where they interviewed, I'm so happy they really got her family involved because yeah. I think that's where you never want the family in these stories to get lost because a lot of times that's so easy for that to happen when you focus on murders like this it's so easy to focus on the murderer and lose touch of the fact that the victims were real people and they well, had I mean, families honestly, and people that loved and cared about them and it's just like what chucky said in the chucky series he's like ain't nobody gonna remember any of these names but everyone's gonna remember mine Right, and, and I mean, that's, right. and that's, like, true. that's what happens. It's, it's very true. Like even, you know, what he's what he's saying is crazy because it's it's really really true. Even with that, um, you know, being a fictional character, it really is true when it comes to killers. Um, so there is a part, you know, I was actually reading over the plot of uh, all the good things, the movie, and I mean, even though the names are changed, it pretty much follows the story to a T about. Kathy and uh, Robert's relationship. Um, and I think this was actually something that was mentioned between Robert and Kathy. Kathy wanted children and Robert absolutely did not want children. I think that was something that was mentioned even in the jinx. He just did not. I believe he so, didn't yes. really care for kids, didn't want to have kids. That was just not something. So actually in the movie, there's a part where, uh, the Kathy character um, states that she's pregnant and Rob, the Robert character forces her to have an abortion or he threatens to cut off uh, the money to her medical school. So it's basically implying that Robert was paying for Kathy to go to medical school, which I don't know if that's ever mentioned, but that's the way they play it out in the movie, um, which probably is true because you know this was a pretty acclaimed school that she was going to and uh you know he he had money um oh yeah especially by so he and so kind of in the middle between 90 and 94 um so in 94 in the timeline robert leaves the family business after his younger brother is put in charge of the durst organization which he was actually pretty pissed about so that. So this actually happened too. in 92 that his father, Seymour, broke the tradition instead of having Robert take over because Robert was older, Douglas took over. And I, I sincerely think that's because Seymour didn't trust Robert's mental capacity to take over a, a you know, a multi-million dollar business. I like mean, this. he was kind of right, though. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Robert ended up suing the family fortune and bought out his share of the family trust for 65 million dollars in 2006 um so i know it's kind of jumping the gun but just letting you guys know like how much money this guy had so in the summer of 1999 state police investigator joseph becara becara i think it's becara reopens the investigation of kathy durst's disappearance divers search truesdale lake and police scour the hoyt street cottage for forensic evidence you know, I am shocked that they did not, especially after you consider what happened with Morris Black um, and the fact that he, you know, he makes this whole point of saying that he dumped this body in the bay and he thought it would just sink 
I'm like, why is there always a body of water? Like, I was just really shocked they didn't find Kathy's body in that. Like, especially when, just remember, remember when the lady that bought the house said that she noticed him one day standing on the dock and just staring out and she's like, hello, can I help you? And like, she had bought the house by then. I don't think they searched that water well. I don't think they did either. Because in all reality, like me and Jennifer were having this conversation. I think she was in there. I do too. I don't think they searched it very well. Yeah. If at all. Because I think at one point they basically was just kind of like... They looked at it. They didn't search. Because I'm like, did divers actually go down there? Like, did you actually have professional divers? Because there, there are professional divers that are brought in for, for that, investigations yes. like this and find. I mean, there you can find remains. There was something I just saw recently where there was, um, there were two teenagers that had been missing, I think, since like the early 2000s. And these divers just so happened to find... So they think what happened is that they had veered off and their car ended up in this lake or whatever because these divers found the car and there were still remains inside the car uh, that, you know, obviously wow. they were able to identify as these two teenagers. But like, yeah, you know, when they say that they, you know, scoured the lake, I'm like, did you... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it, says, they... it says divers looked, but I mean, there can just be... I don't know. It just depends, like, what kind of divers were they? What was the conditions of that day? How murky is this lake? Like, is How there a lot of debris? How long has it been since their body's been right. down like, there? there like, been... I don't know. I just honestly I really, know. truly felt like she I have a real... Because for him to come back... That's remember, fucking Remember, there's, weird. like, that whole part where they talk about him yeah. coming back and, like, just kind of standing there, and I'm like... And you know what they say about serial killers? I don't know. They like to return that shit. Return that shit. Return to that shit. You know, and everybody, that picture we talked about of the two of them, you know, that was brought up later in the Morris Black trial that his lawyers tried to use as sympathy that he carries around his wife's picture. I think that's creepy. I immediately found it as creepy. I didn't think it was sweet or anything at all. I thought it was fucking weird. Um, so in October of 2000, the revived investigation becomes public. November of that year, Durst rents a... So he gets... He's very busy and uh, He gets very busy. <laughs> there was a lot going on in 2000. There was Y2K and Robert Durst was super busy at the end of that year. Um, He had a lot going on. Robert Durst was the so, reason why Y2K happened. He, it's his fault. Uh, So in November of that year, he rents a Galveston, Texas apartment. This is where we'll get more into Morris Black. He's posing as a mute woman named Dorothy... Kiner. It was Siner. Siner. That's right. Siner. She she happened to be a Scarsdale High School girlfriend that he had that he hadn't seen in decades. Uh, December 11th, he marries Manhattan real estate broker Deborah Sheraton. That was a weird... That woman was weird. Yeah. She was strange that I... That was a marriage of convenience. I don't even think they actually like lived together or had sex or anything. I think that was no. purely... A marriage of convenience. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, that, because that was just... Remember, she couldn't even remember when they got married? That whole in she interview even, was so with her strange. Was fucking, she it was, was so weird. strange. Like, I even told Jennifer, I was like, I'm sorry, this is her husband? She wanted money. This is his wife? She wanted money from him. Because remember, she got mad about the lawyers he hired? Yeah, that's all she wanted. Like, she just wanted, she wanted money. money. She that didn't give a shit. That was so weird. Um, December 19th, he flies to Northern California, heads for Trinidad, where he had a home and office. 
The following day, he used a calling card to make two calls from a payphone in Garberville, California. December 23rd, he fatally shot Susan Berman in her home in the Benedict Canyon section of L.A. Um, if Benedict Canyon sounds familiar, Sharon Tate. Uh, he heads back north and catches a late night flight from San Francisco to New York. On Christmas Eve of that year, L.A. police discover, oh God, it's awful, they discover her body after neighbors reported her dogs were loose in the neighborhood. They subsequently receive a note directing them to her address with the word cadaver. Now, cadaver is spelled incorrectly, I think, because there was a point of mentioning that. Um, it was not cadaver that was spelled incorrectly. It was Oh, it was her, her name. It was, no, and it was also her name. Her name was spelled wrong, too. It wasn't her name. It was just the address. Something in the was address something... was wrong. Um, no, I know what was spelled wrong. The letter that he... the Remember when they were comparing his handwriting to that cadaver letter? It was the the way he... He spelled Beverly wrong. It was, it was Beverly. Beverly Hills. Beverly he Hills spelled, he spelled Beverly wrong. with an extra E. That's what it was. And then remember, because her son... That's yeah. what I thought was... He remained friends with the son of the woman that he murdered execution style in her own home but remember he didn't do it and this guy remember? had such incriminating evidence i mean literally he didn't change one thing about his handwriting from a letter he wrote to him to the same letter that he sent to the la police department it just oh my god the narcissism of this man like I don't care. Nope. I think when you get away with one thing, I, I think this is even necessarily true with people that like steal or just anything. Well, I mean, he has all this money. And if he's, you get away with it once, it's but because I just, it's I don't the even rush mean, of it. I don't even mean with the money, right? It's the rush it's of the it. money. It's the fact that you get away with something one time, whether it's murder, theft, whatever. You get away with it one time. You're like, let me see if I'll get away with this again. Mm -hmm. You get away with it again. Ooh, let me see if I can get away with this again. You get up every time you get away with it, the rush grows more and more and more and more and more because then you start to get, because a lot, nine times out of 10, these people are always narcissists anyway, like top narcissists. So that already builds this, uh, what's the, what's the, the, it, invincibility like mm -hmm. i'm invincible now that's why i was like I will literally when i first started it i saw him stealing a sandwich i'm like you have all this money in the guy he had thirty five thousand dollars and then i was car. like oh thirty five thousand dollars in the car that he was driving sitting in the parking lot and he stole band-aids and a chicken salad sandwich and two newspapers because he thought he could get away with it he wanted You're to get away with it. I've, I've killed two people I killed why people. would it Let matter steal this? if I walked into a Wegmans and stole why would that matter who cares like I've I've murdered two people yeah I mean yeah he doesn't it's honestly care. disgusting it's in, he's invincible so September 28th of the following year in 2001 is when Robert Durst uh kills his 71 year old neighbor Morris Black in the Galveston apartment that he was living in also, what kills me, too, is the fact that death just kind of keeps following him around, but yet he's somehow innocent. My wife's missing, but I didn't do it. My best friend got shot, but I didn't do it. 
My neighbor's dead, but I did it. Oh, um, oh, I cut up his body, but I didn't kill him. I killed him in self-defense. But then I cut up his body. And took the head, which they never found, which was definitely strategic. And they mentioned this in the documentary because the head would show inconclusive forensic evidence of how Morris Black actually died. It would prove if it was self-defense. A forensic expert would just have to look at the gunshot wound and it yep. would prove it. It would prove it. That's why he, who, I, this is what's so fucked up is like, how do you, they never charged him with dis, see the thing is they immediately went for, they immediately went for a murder charge. Yeah. But they didn't charge him with dismemberment or gross abuse of a corpse or anything like that, nope. which he would have been convicted of. Because he admitted to dismembering the body. But if you have no conclusive evidence of how the actual death happened, there was no... See, and this is what's so crazy, because you have to look at it from a legal standpoint. It's so fucked up. The mm -hmm. whole thing is fucked up. Like, the fact that he got away with that is fucked up, but then you have to think to yourself, no, he really didn't get away with it. There was just absolutely no way to prove that he murdered Morris Black. Right. There was no way to prove it. You could prove that he dismembered the body. So again, if they would have charged him with that, even gross abuse of a corpse, easily that would have come up guilty. I mean, there's enough evidence that he admitted it. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I'm sorry, you, if it's something self-defense, am I going to sit there and chop up the body into pieces? I Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I... That makes no sense to yeah, me. Unless you're hiding something. Why in the motherfucking Christ would I be like, oh, fuck, someone's coming in to kill me? I mean, look at that smirk on his face. Mm. Look at that smirk on his face. If that ain't the white after man he smirk. Just, after he's like, yep. Self-defense. Yep. Got away with it. Because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to chop somebody's fucking body up and then you're going to just misplace the head when it's self-defense. Okay. Sure. I, I oh man. If, especially if it's self defense. Why in the fuck are you taking the head? Where in the what in the the law? Just it. This is oh my gosh. This is when you have to. Oh gosh, we could just that. This could take so long. Oh my god, <laughs> we start getting into law in this country. Mm. It's just it's, it could take forever. Could take forever. So he ends up. Um, Basically, after he dumps the body in Galveston Bay, on October 9th, he is charged with uh, Morris's murder. He posts the $300,000 bail and immediately leaves Texas. So on the 16th of October of that year, when he failed to appear in court, he's a fugitive. October 18th, uh, he rented a car in Morris Black's name. He has actually used so many aliases, they don't even know. They don't even know. They were showing it on the jinx, like yeah. how many fake names he used. Like they don't even know. It reminds were, me of uh, there were credit homes. cards in different names. There were yes, there were so many different. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's there's more out there that they don't even know about. He's even being investigated for other. Uh, they think other disappearances because really? he just yeah this guy. It is, yeah. I mean, who who knows? You really don't know. Yeah, he that's lived, very true. He's such a liar. And, uh, so real quick, I'll get into those other cases. There was, um, 
there was a young girl that shopped at the health food store that him and his wife owned in 1971 that, that disappeared, that they think he might be involved. Um, there is a, oh, I'm trying to think. That girl and then another girl in Eureka, California, who was 16, and there's credit card records that place Robert Durst in that area uh, during the time that she disappeared. Um, another time, he visited her aunt's store. So this is back when he was, this is another moment that he was dressed like a woman. Um, not just that time in Galveston, Texas. This was in California around the time this girl disappeared. Visited her aunt's shoe store. So, uh, he was also at one time thought to be connected to the Long Island serial murders. We did a great podcast about that. Please listen to that. But obviously, you know, I don't think he was involved. I that know. more so had to do with the manner of the way Morris's body with the torso. Yeah. But no, I don't, that definitely, just listen to our podcast on that. Definitely wasn't him. Um, but going back to the stolen identities, it is thought that he has stolen identities traced to Texas, Florida, Massachusetts, New Jersey, South Carolina, Mississippi, and Virginia. Just the man gets around. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. How many identity, how many identities he's stolen, how many aliases he has had. But also he's got the fucking money to do it. Including someone he murdered. So there you go. Or dismembered. Whatever. I killed this person, so, but I'm gonna take their identity. Exactly narcissist so november 30th uh is when he was arrested at the wegmans in bath pennsylvania after stealing uh band-aids two newspapers and a chicken salad sandwich he had thirty-eight thousand dollars and two loaded handguns on him at the time and still had the warrant in texas uh he was extradited back to texas in 2002 january of that year and july 11th of 2003 he paid 1.2 million dollars to retain a lawyer but then later tried to fire them when they asked for six hundred thousand dollars more like you didn't fucking have it um september 22nd of 2003 is when the opening statements began for the state of texas versus versus robert durst in four days of testimony he denied killing black claiming the 22 caliber handgun went off accidentally as they struggled over it um god that part where he was going over it in the trial it just I didn't believe a word of that shit. And a lot of that, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. How in the world could you not remember every single second of dismembering somebody's body? I mean, the way they went over it in the trial, first of all, you have to skin them, then pull back the muscle to cut through the bone. And you had to do that multiple, I'm sorry to get graphic, but if you guys saw the documentary, they go into all of it at trial. And they if do. you watch the court TV, they go into all of it at trial. They do. You had to do all of that. I'm not believing for a second you blocked that out. Mm-mm. I'm also not believing for a second Mm-mm. you didn't, dis- like, you, you're, you, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't dismember somebody because you acted in self-defense. I just don't understand. He was... Even if it was an accident, even if it was You're an accident. You're that scared that you dismember the body and then run? Like, I, that's what I'm saying. So you, you brought up the perfect point. Even if it was self-defense, who does that? Who cuts up the, bitch, if I'm acting in self-defense, and you have to I'm go call the cops as soon as I fucking kill somebody. 
As soon as I killed oh, him. Oh, you would immediately. I would call the cops and I'd be like, so this doesn't look suspicious. This was self-defense. And then you let them do an investigation to show that... Because, again, if that head was there, all the forensic evidence in the world would show from the gunshot wound whether or not that was self-defense. It wasn't. That's why there was no So, head. exactly. That's why I'm not, bu I'm not buying it. Nope. Not buying it. There were a lot it. of similarities, especially this this most recent trial that just ended in November of this year. There were so many similarities between him and the Golden State Killer, like trying to garner sympathy because they're old and get the fuck you. I don't age. No, you're a murderer, Robert. You killed your wife, Susan Morris, like God knows how many of these other two girls who knows like. I mean, this is. The, you're still a piece of garbage. Without a doubt. And you have been, sounds like it since you were a kid. You were a spoiled little fucking brat. And yeah, I, I don't know. I You're just, an asshole, bro. You're an asshole. Bottom line. Bottom line of it. So he's found not guilty. November 11th, 2003 of Morris Black's death. Oh my God. Even saying that I'm just like, found not guilty. What? It's almost as bad as OJ. Like, not guilty, God. excuse me, what? Um, but he remains held on $3 billion bail for bail jumping and the evidence tampering charges. An appliant court later ruled, so the evidence tampering is the the head, they removal and not being able to find it. An appliant court later rules the unprecedented bail is unconstitutional and lowers it to $450,000. October of 2004, just as Durst expects to be paroled, federal authorities in Pennsylvania charge him with the weapons possession for the guns he had while uh, he was on the lam as a fugitive following Morse Black's killing. July 2005, Durst is released from federal prison and returned to Texas to serve parole. If you wanted to take over after that. Sure. So in December of 2005, he was rearrested for parole violation after making unauthorized visits to Galveston and to a Houston mall where he bumped into the judge who presided over his murder trial. Wow. <laughs> in 2006, while in custody on the parole violation, he settles his legal case with his relatives for more than $60 million. February 28th of 06, he's released. Nine months later, his parole supervision ends. December 3rd of 2010, All Good Things, a feature film based Lucy on Durst's life, starring Ryan, Ryan, why do I keep saying Ryan? Like that name. Ryan, Ryan is just weird. Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst opens. Every time I hear All Good Things, All Good Things, All Good Things, fucking Olaf from oh Frozen. God, so funny. All Good Things, All Good Things. August 16th of 2013, Durst is arrested and charged with trespassing, accused of showing up outside the Midtown Manhattan homes of his brother and another relative who had orders of protection against him. In July 20th, what? July 20th of 2014, Durst is charged with criminal mischief in Houston after urinating on a candy rack at CVS, because that's normal behavior. December 12th of 2014, after a three-day trial, he is acquitted on trespassing charges stemming from visits to his relatives' homes. He pleads no contest to the Houston criminal mischief charge, fined $500, and pays restitution to CVS. On February 8th, HBO airs the first episode of The Jinx, The Life and Death of Robert Durst. 
March 14th, Durst is arrested at the JW Marriott Hotel on a Los Angeles warrant charging him with first-degree murder and the slaying of Susan Berman. The next day, he is arraigned and held without bail, pending an extra... Extradition hearing. Thank you. Extradition hearing. The sixth and final episode of the Jinx airs. It concludes with Durst confronted about his handwriting matching the cadaver note in the Berman case, which is the one that we were talking about, where Beverly is spelled wrong both times... And the the handwriting matches. Like if you look at that both handwriting of them, is identical. It was exactly the same. And I am by no means a handwriting expert, and neither is Casper. But that fucking no. handwriting, it did. It would you didn't need a fucking handwriting expert. I mean, it was it was identical. It was blocked. So the way they matched it, so it was actually Susan's stepson. He had contacted the filmmakers uh, to review material that was left behind. They found an envelope from Durst to Berman where the Beverly is misspelled, um, and it has a block lettering. He had this very distinctive block lettering that he wrote in that matches, um, and the film filmmakers were shocked, and uh, they that's when they confronted him. This was in the sixth and mm -hmm. final episode of so the So he finally just goes, like, he's, and what's crazy is during that whole part, he is so uncomfortable. He is so uncomfortable when they're like, look at this. And he's like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And they're like, well, he got indigestion and kept burping. Mm -hmm. So that's always one sign. The squirming, the changes in the inflections in his voice. He couldn't I mean, stop I'm moving. I'm telling you, there's just so many signs yep. when you know somebody's lying about shit like that. When, so he goes to the well, bathroom. Well, when they get confronted like yeah. that. I think people can stone cold lie, but when they're confronted with that lie, if they, it's, Especially it's hard to keep it together. Well, and he was on camera, and his lawyer it was, so was there, and field. it was just like, because I mean, when so the the trespassing charges stem from when they were filming the show, because there was that one part where he goes to Douglas, yeah. and they, you know, he goes to his office, and then he came back and came to his apartment. I mean, that was just it's fucking weird, and I'd be creeped the fuck out. You know, you yep. you've wanted to kill me since we were kids. Like I'd be creeped the fuck out too. I like, can you not you be here, sir? Thank coming you. around my fucking. Well, and just the fact that he, this movie comes out, he just got away with murder and emboldens himself to contact the director of the film and say, hey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I, I think that, I think that in a way he thought that this documentary was going to endear him until that final episode when Susan Berman's son steps forward with that evidence and they've got it, they've got it now. I really think that he thought that this was going to clear him. Yep. That this was going to make him. I don't know. That's why I'm looking. What? I'm sorry. When people do things sometimes, I just have to go. What the fuck? I don't know what. From the first episode, I don't know what in the world made him think that this was going to endear him to people. There is not one single endearing thing about Robert Durst there is not his voice is annoying he looks fucking weird like there is nothing endearing about that man at all no empathy no sympathy no nothing. no feelings he showed no let me tell you right now when people show no emotion in their face when yeah. they talk like the inflection in their voice may change but their face has no emotions facial expressions are really important when you're talking to somebody they're really important. That's why a they lot of times, say everything. That's why a lot of times people say like, "I don't like that." 
This is why you shouldn't have certain conversations over text. This is why you shouldn't God, have certain conversations over the phone. <laughs> this is why it's so important to have certain conversations face-to-face. -face. In person. I'm just saying, like... Because of facial changes. Body, body, body language. Body language facial language and body language says so much. Says, uh, uh, yeah. Yep. And that just, that's one, if, if anything freaked me out the most was the fact that as he was sitting there the whole time, there's no... He was just a His wall. voice changed. He was just a fucking wall. But his eyes were so dead, his face didn't move. I mean, almost like he had Botox. Like, right? it was weird. Like, his face didn't... Oh, it's the Botox. I can't show emotion for another hour and a half. Hold it. Um... But yeah, getting to what he says in the bathroom. So he gets um, he gets up and goes to the bathroom after he's like freaking out. Like you can tell he's very uncomfortable after they've, you know, confronted him about this handwriting. He says to himself, that's it. You're caught. What the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. And I'm sitting there watching this with my mouth fucking agape. I was like, he, like, it's, it's like you knew that, it ha you knew he did it, but hearing him go to the bathroom thinking that no one can hear him, and then he just says this shit. So his exact words at the end are, quote, there it is, you're caught, you're right, of course, but you can't imagine, arrest him, I don't know what's in the house, oh, I want this, what a disaster, he was right, I was wrong, and the burping, I'm having difficulty with the question, what the hell did I do, killed them all, of course, unquote. So it was later revealed in, in 2019 that the filmmakers did alter the sequence of the comments, increasing the apparent severity in the bathroom musings. So everything he said came out that way, but in the context of the way that it was presented in the documentary was slightly altered by the filmmakers. Um, but nonetheless, they did turn that uh, the... Um, letter the 1999 letter from Durst to Berman as well as the communication from that interview with him in the bathroom the hot mic which he'd already been blasted about before remember there was some shit he said under his breath before and he forgot about it and the, and they probably and the lawyer and the lawyer was like um you're still on a hot mic like anything you say they can pick up what you're saying his lawyer had to warn him about that and he still didn't learn so it's yeah that's yeah. when karma comes back to bite you in the fucking ass he fucking deserves everything coming to him oh he yeah i have no sympathy for this man whatsoever if anything what I, the fuck richard i completely sympathize with kathy's family and susan berman's family yeah um when morris black's i mean apparently morris black didn't really have any <laughs> he was described as such a curmudgeon which was which was kind of funny but like nobody deserves what i'm sorry i don't you gotta be a low down dirty scum of the earth to deserve being blown in the back of the head and then your body being cut up and thrown in in a bay i i just or lake or whatever like, like you gotta be a son that. of a bitch you gotta be a son of i don't care how much of a curmudgeon he was i, I you know a, you know get off my line old man nobody you gotta be a you gotta be a motherfucker you mean like for Robert somebody. Durst? exactly exactly eye for an eye can we go back to like biblical with these convictions you want me to play the trumpet can we do can we do that like i mean he was already convicted can we just you know can we bring back an eye for an eye because let me tell you what was it that bible verse says something about like 
why are you worried about the splinter in someone else's eye when you got a beam in yours? Hello. I mean, for real, especially when it comes to when it comes to him. Like, I again, just there is so much of this that I just really feel like all had to do with him absolutely thinking that he was going to be able to get away with all oh, this. Oh, he 100% thought he was going to get away with all this shit. So, uh, March 16th of 2015, uh, Thirst waves extradition so that he can be sent to L.A. to face the murder charge. But the extradition is delayed after Louisiana State Police charged Durst with felony weapons possession based on a 38 caliber revolver and five ounces of marijuana found in his hotel room after his arrest. Um wasn't the only thing that was also found in his room they found his birth certificate a passport maps of louisiana florida and cuba a flesh-toned latex mask the fake texas id card he used to check into the hotel a new cell phone and cash totaling forty two thousand six hundred and thirty one dollars police also discovered a ups tracking number which led to an additional one hundred seventeen thousand dollars in cash and a pair of shoes and a package sent to Durst by a friend in New York, which was seized after his arrest. Somebody was getting ready to run. Bank statements found in one of Durst's Houston condominiums, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way, revealed cash withdrawals of $315,000 in little more than a month. Durst is believed to have planned to flee to Cuba after the HBO documentary aired, since the U.S. and Cuba have no extradition treaty. Oh, that's unbelievable. I mean, without a doubt, that's exactly what he was getting ready to do. I don't know why you would have, there, there'd be no other doubt in my mind that that's exactly what he was going to do, was he was going to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, yeah, there was, there was no way. He was like, fuck, I fucked up. Then he's like, I'm going to run. So he is denied bail by a New Orleans judge on the Louisiana charges, agreeing that he is definitely a flight risk. February 3rd of 2016, Durst pleads guilty to federal weapons charges in Louisiana. November, he is extradited back to California. And in March, March 4th of 2020, the trial began of the state of California versus Robert Durst. That was literally two weeks before the world went to hell. March 16th, it was suspended (laughs) due to the pandemic. Yep. Literally two weeks. I remember, I remember it. We were having a podcast night, I think. On the Wednesday, where like my roommate got noticed that they were closing, yeah, the work was closing and everything started going to shit. I'm just like, oh god, what's happening? Um, and here we are, almost 2022. <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot that led up to that. They were trying to uh, strip the producers of protection under California's journalist shield law by having them declared as government agents, like. It was just everything that his lawyers were trying to do to just come up with anything. Um, It was actually Durst. He was trying to come up with an elaborate conspiracy theory that the producers of the documentary, law enforcement officers, and the L.A. County District Attorney's Office was trying to incriminate, uh, was trying to make him incriminate himself um, and to time his arrest to maximize media attention and ratings. So you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that you saying that shit to yourself in a bathroom had nothing to do. Okay. Okay. 
course, also, you didn't, uh, you killed what's-his-name on an accident, you know, in self-defense and, uh, dismembered him. So, in a surprise move in 2019, so this was prior to, uh, him appearing, um, in court and then the proceedings being postponed, on, uh, Christmas Eve of 2019, his lawyers con uh, contradicted his previous statements and filed court documents admitting that Durst wrote the cadaver note. In all previous statements about the note, he consistently denies writing it, although the handwriting appears to be very similar to his own, and even with the misspelling of the word Beverly contained in a prior letter that Berm that uh, to Berman that he admitted to authoring. During the filming of The Jinx, Durst told the filmmakers that the person who wrote the cadaver note was taking a big risk because it was something that only the killer could have written. He told his godson, Howard Altman, the person who wrote that note killed her. However, in August of 2019, his attorneys argued that the note demonstrates that the person who mailed it was aware that there was a body, but not the individual that was murdered. So, the, so I don't even person, know what the fuck that means. The person who knew that there was a body at the house wasn't the person who murdered her. They just happened to know there was a body. And not just a body, a cadaver? Why would you specifically spell out the word cadaver? No one says That's cadaver. a very distinctive word. No Nobody says just cadaver. says that word. I, yeah, I, oh my God. Oh my God, this guy, I swear to God. <laughs> it's just like so this much. Guy. And his lawyers and just, there's a special place in hell for defense attorneys like that because you just you have you're you're literally defending a demon like i i don't even have fun i don't even you you sold your soul to defend a demon basically as you far did. as i'm concerned that's this how that went just, that's just mm -hmm. yeah seriously um so may 17th of 2021 the trial resumes with opening statements given anew august 9th to september 1st of this year robert durst testifies for 14 days including nine days of cross-examination um I'm sure that went well. Uh, they tried, so during that time also, uh, I'm sorry, actually prior to the trial resuming, just like four days prior, um, his lawyers filed a motion saying that he had developed bladder cancer just out of nowhere, because you know that's what happens. Um, I mean, like I said, karma's a and fucking then, bitch. The trial was postponed. To, they tried to postpone it indefinitely. Um, one of the jurors was dismissed for ignoring court instructions to not follow the trial and the news during the pandemic break. Um, so yeah, obviously none of that went through. Um, he was hospitalized. So yeah, during the time, um, I'm trying to see when he was cross-examined. Because even before that, uh, There had been all kinds of expressions that he was faking medical crisis. Um, he was hospitalized for being found down and not in his wheel. Like, all of a sudden, he's in a wheelchair now. Uh, he was trying to seek a mistrial due to COVID-19. He feigned dementia. Um, I mean, it's just so much. He developed a urinary tract infection and had to be hospitalized. Um, he, stay he was stating that he was unable to dress himself. Uh, and that he was worse. in a wheelchair. Um, I mean, he just, 
that's why I said that a lot of this is just making me think of the Golden State Killer. Like, all this bullshit being pushed in in a wheelchair. Like, something's wrong with you. You've got dementia and bladder cancer and all this shit now all of a sudden. Like, it's just ridiculous. So his brother did appear in court. Reluctantly, he had to because he kept being subpoenaed. Um... He said that he'd like to, he, when he was asked about, when Douglas was asked about his relationship with his brother, he states, he'd like to murder me. I hired security today. I have fear that my brother has threatened to kill me, and I have fear that he may have the means to do so. Oh my goodness. I mean, even up until that point, like, he still kept saying, like, he was still in fear that his brother would kill him. Um... So under, when he eventually did appear on the stand, um, under questioning by the LA County DA, who gave a seemingly endless example of Durst's propensity to lie, he cornered Durst to the point he admitted lying while under oath, Durst admits to lying under oath in the Morris Black trial in Texas, and that he had lied five times while he was on the stand in this trial. Uh, Durst and Loftus were the only two witnesses that were called to the defense. So, yeah. Um, he admitted to lying in the first trial. And, well, remember he said, he said, remember he kept saying on that documentary in the Jinx after the Morris Black trial that he, he basically admitted during the documentary that he had lied on the stand during yeah. the trial. Mm -hmm. He admitted to lying. Because he kept saying all this weird, look, a lie is a lie and the truth is the fucking truth. This bullshit with him and all this, well, you know, the truth is one thing, but sometimes, you know, you don't always know. No, 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 no. You either lie or you tell the truth. I don't. He was literally doing everything I don't even he understand. could to just avoid I don't being know how you're trying to prison. explain lying and not lying because I. I was lying, but I wasn't. But I wasn't lying. I was lying, but I wasn't lying. Um, sir, I need help. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, September 17th of this year, after just two days of deliberation, the jury finds... Oh my goodness, why did the page just completely... I hate when that happens. I scrolled down and the page went all the way back up to yeah, the top. My, I was my, like, yeah, that happens. can we not do that, please? Um, the jury finds the anticipation. It is what? killing me. <laughs> um, they found him guilty. First degree murder. Good. And Susan Berman's death. Fucking good. Special circumstance that he killed her as a witness because of what she was going to reveal about what happened to Kathy. Um, October 14th of this year, LA County Judge Mark Wyndham sentenced Robert to life in prison without the possibility of parole across the country. A grand jury um, is impaneled in Westchester County in New York to hear evidence of the disappearance of Kathy. October 16th, um, his defense lawyer said that Durst has COVID. Oh, darn. October 19th, um, expecting Durst might not live long enough. Oh, uh, prosecutors have B Basira, right? The mm -hmm. state police investigator filed criminal complaints in Lewisboro Town Court charging Durst, Durst with the murder um, and murder of Kathy. Uh, November 1st is when he is indicted by Westchester County Grand Jury on the charge of second-degree murder in the killing of his wife, Kathy Durst. Me and Jennifer were talking, and we think that he killed his wife. For sure. And that 
Susan probably knew about what happened because he confided in her. And so he killed her to keep her quiet. And we also thought it's very possible that the neighbor knew. Um, what was his name? The neighbor. Morris Black. Morris Black, thank yeah. you. Yeah, no, you're fine. Um, Morris Black knew possibly because he might have confided in him as well. So basically, he just kills people out of fear. Like they're going to tell on him because of the way he was even acting during this trial. He was like freaking out if he, the fact he even kind of told on himself, basically. So it was kind of like if someone knew, and I think he was just an abusive piece of shit, and that's what happened to Kathy. A hundred percent. He might have even killed her on quote unquote accident. Just because he was an abusive piece of shit. A hundred percent. He might have hit her so hard he didn't even mean to and it killed her. And then he's like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do? He fucking dismembered a man. To What is what is he going to do? He would go to extreme. Clearly this man is going to go to extreme lengths to cover himself. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. So. I wouldn't doubt it. Especially when it comes to getting away with murder. I mean, it's just, it, it's. Without a doubt. Oh my gosh. So he was actually listed. If anybody's familiar recently with the um, uh, Pandora Papers that just came out, um, he was actually listed in the Pandora Papers exposing offshore sheltering of financial assets by hundreds of political businesses politicians, businesses, and celebrities. Um, so it's, they were actually documents that were leaked. Uh, yeah, it leaked uh, off, secret offshore accounts of 35 world leaders, in, including current and former presidents, prime ministers, and heads of state, as well as more than 100 billionaires, celebrities, and business leaders. So he was one of them listed in that. Um also, I should mention uh, real quick, just to kind of get some people caught up with a few things here. These are some things that were mentioned in Wikipedia um, that I just thought were extremely interesting. And some of them did, some of them were mentioned uh, in the Jinx documentary as well. And if they weren't, I just thought they were kind of telling to the story. So um, in the early 80s, Robert owned a series of seven Alaskan Malamutes all of which were named Igor, and all of which died under very mysterious circumstances, according to his brother Douglas. Oh, really? In December of 2014, prior to the airing of the jinx, Douglas told the New York Times, in retrospect, I now believe he was practicing killing and disposing of, the, of his wife with those dogs. Durst was once recorded saying he wanted to Igor, or Igor, Douglas, Durst, however, has disputed the assertion that he owned seven dogs named uh, Igor or Igor. He owned three, he said, one that was run over, another that died in surgery after eating an apple core before uh, the Igor that lasted forever. So... Why are all of the dogs named Igor? I don't know. That's really weird. And that, could, that, be, name... that could be a Frankenstein reference, Isn't too. Isn't that the name of the guy from Despicable Me? I don't know. I, the only, the earliest reference that anybody should get from the name Igor is from Frankenstein. He was Dr. Right. Frankenstein's assistant. So I don't, hey, I don't Igor. know if that 
would have any significance. I have no idea, but that's really strange. Um, he actually even named oh, his one name of is his LLCs after that. So he traveled under a dozen aliases. He had a scanner, copier, and laminating machine. What I didn't realize is that unwittingly, I unwittingly saw what would have allowed Robert Durst to make a fake driver's license. This is one of his former employees. He was also prolific um, for using private mailboxes and conducted businesses under several canine-themed names. Woofing LLC, Woof Woof LLC, and Igor Fayette Incorporated. He had a bunch of these, like, yeah, LLC. Yeah, he just, there's a lot about this guy. Um, He's also had a lot of significant medical issues since 2015, major major surgeries for esophageal cancer. He had a shunt placed in his brain for hydrocephalus. He's had a cervical spinal fusion. So the hydrocephalus is kind of interesting because it's basically water on your brain. So that's kind of telling. Um, When he was arrested in 2015 um, in Louisiana, not only did they find the marijuana, he also had melatonin, muscle relaxants, medications for blood, high blood pressure, blood flow, and acid reflux. Um, and then remember just recently this year, he says he has bladder cancer, um, in October when he tested positive for, for COVID, he was placed on a ventilator. Um, and his, uh, attorney said that he was in a very bad condition at the time. Currently, as of this recording, um, it is unknown as to how Durst contracted the virus and whether anyone else at the sentencing had been infected or really even how his current condition is at this point. Um, now, I did want to mention something about the Sheraton, the wife after Kathy, because there's some weirdness about that lady. Also, it should be mentioned that in late 1981, while Durst was still married to Kathy, he was nearing the end of an alleged three-year affair with Prudence Farrow, who was also married at the time. So if that name sounds familiar to anybody, Prudence Farrow is the younger sister of Mia Farrow. She is also the subject of the song Dear Prudence by the Beatles <laughs> because apparently there's George Harrison fell in love with her. I don't know. It was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, Dear Dear Prudence is a great song. It's a great Beatles song. If you guys don't know. But apparently he was in a three-year affair with her. Um, according to the New York Post, a few months before Kathy disappeared in January of 1982, Pharaoh called her, called Kathy, and asked that she give Robert up as friends said that she wanted him all to herself. This is according to an article in the New York Post. After Durst was acquitted of murdering Morris Black in 2003, Prudence contacted law enforcement authorities with concerns for her safety, as she said that Robert was angry with her for terminating their relationship three days before Kathy disappeared. Yeah. Mm. That seems a little bit like too I didn't much know of a coincidence. anything about that. That Ooh. is insane. So Deborah Lee Sheraton that he marries uh, in December um, of 2000, shortly after Susan Berman is murdered. Um, according to the New York Times, the couple brief couple briefly shared a Fifth Avenue apartment in 1990, but have never lived together as husband and wife. Remember, she couldn't even remember when they got married, so this that was weird. Durst once told his sister, Wendy, that it was a marriage of convenience. Definitely. Um, I wanted Debbie to be able to receive my inheritance and I intended to kill myself, which is what Durst said in a 2005 deposition. 
When he was arrested for the killing of Morris Black in 2001, Sheraton wired him $250,000 bail for the, the court required. She visited him in jail, spoke with him on the phone on a regular basis, discussing his legal strategy and other personal business issues. Since the trial, she reportedly has distanced herself um, since the Morris Black trial, Deborah distanced herself from Durst and his affairs, legal and otherwise. And particularly, Sheraton specifically told him not to get involved with the HBO documentary, to which he disagreed. Her friend said that after Durst's arrest in March of 2015, that she had not spoken with him since the documentary had been begun airing February of that year. Now, in spite of still being married to him, Deborah was reported to be living with a man named Stephen Holm in 2015. Holm was a noted real estate attorney in New York City and a public re and public records showed that Holm handled transactions for both her and Robert Durst. It was reported in Real Estate Weekly that Stephen Holm died on October 17th of 2019 and that Deborah was his wife. After years of being referred to as Holmes's wife in public, Sheraton was called Holmes's wife at his funeral in his obituary obituary online and the one that was published in the New York Times. Shortly after, she sent the New York Times a letter saying that her and Holm were not married and asked them to print a retraction. She states that they were both involved only in a number of philanthropic ventures together. Oh, what a tangled web this has become. What the fuck? So I don't you're shipping the financial I, advisor of you and your husband and everybody is calling you two, but you're not. And then he dies. And then, yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that on Deborah because that woman, that whole situation there, is she so just, sus. She had that me whole side situation. eye and the whole fucking thing is side That's eye. That's so, so sus. All of it. Yeah. This ain't just about a murderer. What the fuck was going on in this dude's life, man? I I mean, I like I said, I just there's so much to dig through when it comes to Robert Durst, not only as a person, but all of the crimes that he's committed. I'm lucky we were able to I'm I'm shocked we were able to do this in an hour. Because right? I just, <laughs> that that HBO the HBO documentary is Six hours. It's a mm -hmm. six-part docu-series. Each one is an hour, about an hour, a little over an hour. Hour. They honestly could have probably made it five um, episodes. There were a few parts that were really drug out. Yeah. Um. They could have. The one I'm. I love the one where they interviewed Kathy's family. Oh, I loved that. I love that. Her friends. Um. Yeah. It just. I I really encourage you guys to watch it mm -hmm. if you guys have HBO Max. Yep. Get the free trial. Get somebody's password. Just buy it for a month and then get rid of it. Whatever. So I actually like HBO Max, just saying. But um, it is worth... You could binge this in one day and it is worth it to watch because it is just... It just... It gets crazier and crazier it as it goes on. Like the first episode, you're kind of like, okay. And then by the fourth episode, you're like, bitch, what the fuck? I mean, when it goes through that Morris Black trial, I just... I was... I was just shocked. Mm -hmm. I was just, by the time it got to that, I was just purely in shock because everything leading up 
to that point, especially with what he had done in regards to Kathy and her family and everything. I just, for the life of me, like I said, it has to be pure narcissism why he thought that being a part oh, yeah. of that documentary was going to help him in any way, shape, or form. Because obviously we see that the five years after, the six years after that documentary aired, everything went to shit after that, as it would, because you completely incriminated yourself. Well, I mean, even watching the documentary, he just glorifies himself, and he just... All about me. I never did that. No. I'm All not, about no. me. All about me. Remember when he was talking about where he did go to jail? Because remember, he did have to go to jail mm -hmm. after the Morris Black trial for the guns and everything? And the, you know, a fugitive. Remember how he kept saying, like, I'll never be like these... I'll never know what it's like to be like these guys in prison. Mm -hmm. I've always come from money. So I'll never know. Or and then talking about the respect, I, yeah. the respect that they gave him, and called him Mister Durst, and I, that was weird. That, like I said, he's just. I don't really believe that. I don't believe that either. Like Ain't I said, nobody in a motherfucking prison is gonna call you Mister What the fuck ever. I mean, depending on who you are, and maybe. You know, I I guess in a certain scenario, I could see if you're that, giving them money, with, maybe not with him. I no. just like we said from the beginning, a lot of stuff with Robert, you have to take, especially with what comes out of his own mouth, you have to take with a grain of salt because I just don't believe him. He's just he's he's a liar. He's a pathological liar. He's a complete narcissist. Liar, liar, plants for hire. Yes, and if you believe his brother, he's. And with that psychiatrist that when he was 10, he's been schizophrenic since childhood. And I, I, I just, the cruelty to animals, the dressing up like a woman, urinating in public. I don't know. There's just so much. There's a lot going on that's not right. But I here. think a lot of it does go back to not only psychological issues, but just him flat out feeling like he could get away with anything and everything. Well, he got away with two murders. So yeah. that's why he was already like, yeah, I, I can get away with anything at this point. Yep. So fuck everything else. I'm a, I got 35 grand in my car, but I'm going to steal a sandwich. I got away with killing people. I can get so away I with can, stealing. I can pee in this CVS candy aisle for no reason, just because I can. You know. Dumbass. Which, you know, he could actually have signs of dementia now. I mean, if you, if you are diagnosed with severe... You typically... If you're diagnosed with schizophrenia or any type of mental disorder like that, it can lead to latent um, dementia or Alzheimer's. Like you're, you're more at risk, I guess I should say. If you have like schizophrenia or mania disorder, you're more at risk for dementia. So it's not saying that he couldn't be showing signs of dementia, but again, no excuses I don't care how old he is now. That doesn't matter. He deserves to rot in prison. Yep. I hope he does. He he rot, He's going to rot for the rest of his life. If not die of COVID, don't care. if he's not doing well I don't, right now. I don't care if it... it oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> I just... I, I have no sympathy. Karma is a wonderful thing. None whatsoever. I have no sympathy for that man. 78 years old, no sympathy. I don't care. No. If he does die of COVID. I don't give a... Flying fuck. I hope he, you know, he'll die in prison. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to finish, sympathy. So, our condolences to Susan Berman and Kathy McCormick and uh, Morris Black. I mean, they are the victims in this. 
the known. Yeah, at least for now, known victims of Robert Durst. So condolences to them and their families, but who knows just how wide None for Gretchen Weeks. <laughs> Fall for, for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. None for Gretchen, Gretchen Wieners. Wieners. <laughs> for Robert Durst, Gretchen Wieners. None for you. <laughs> and none for Robert Durst. <laughs> wow. Okay, I had to end it on a funny That note. was really funny, though. I had to. Fall for you, Glenn Coco. First of all, I love that Glenn And it's Coco, Christmas, so, you know. Glenn fucking Coco in Mean Girls is, like, the biggest character in that entire fucking Listen, movie. Listen, I quote, I quote that line as often as I possibly can, especially around this time of year. It'd be wrong as if you didn't. As often as I possibly can, so. Hell yeah. Oh, for you, Glenn Coco. Do you also do the, uh, um, what is it? The, the Jingle Bell Rock. I was like, what is the fucking song? Everyone in the English-speaking language knows that song. <laughs> And then she kicks the fucking <gasps> she kicks the fucking stereo into right. what's his and face Jason Jason Jason's face or his name's Jason. Would you like your buffin mut your buffin muttered? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like someone to muffin your buttered? Yep. <laughs> oh my god, Mean Girls. Watch it. Girls. One of the greatest movies. It's a Christmas of movie. All time. It kind of is. So you should stop watch trying it. to make fetch happen. It's so not... we know that Robert Durst wasn't a Christmas episode this year. But like we no. said, we have wanted to talk about the jinx. We have wanted yeah. to talk about this case. And for we wanted a to do it while time. it was on our. It was yeah, our we saw everything. So I, I, since she had just watched it recently, I went back and rewatched it. Um, yeah, just so I could have it on the brain, and we didn't want to wait to talk about it. I don't want to wait! Especially since the trial just happened, too. Like, right? it just Literally. happened last month, so we wanted to, yeah. So I'm glad we talked wait. about this finally, because I wanted to do this episode for a long time. I, I think other people do, did, too. Mm -hmm. I'm over here just Dawson's creaking. Just ignore me. I knew what you were doing. I'm starting to get sleepy, so I'm not ignoring you. I'm just kind of like, well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done I hate this. that I get so I'm sleepy. I'm done with this whole day. So it's not even 8 o'clock. Oh. Time change well, is stupid. Time change. We haven't been sleeping well. It's just been an all-around poo. <laughs> that was like perfect timing. I said all-around poo, and then this fucking motorcycle comes out of nowhere. That was not from my ass. I would just like to say... That car always seems to come at the loud ass exhaust. Most perfect timing. So I got nothing else. Um, that was all about Robert. Fuck Durst you, Robert Durst. Watch the Jinx, guys, for sure. If you if you can, I highly recommend. It's like Girl it. on the Train. Fuck you, Anna Boyd. Why do I remember that? I don't know. That part of the movie just stuck out in my I, head. I've only so seen hard. see some of these movies you've watched multiple times, and I'm 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 a one and done with a lot of movies. There's just a lot of movies. There's a I'm, lot of movies I'm that literally a, people are like, how many have you, how many movies I'm have just you seen five times or more? And I'm like, all of them. Yeah. All of them. At least. I don't do that a lot. There's, there's just, there's a lot of movies where I'm just like, oh, okay. 
I'm good. Girl on the Train, I, I don't know why I love it. It's I not a bad like it's movie. Such a good I just girl power. Like at the end when they literally just drive the corkscrew in his neck, it just makes me happy. Like, yeah, it's just, a great, it's a great it's movie. Genuinely. I just, but I understand though because like it can be very triggering. Like that movie can be very triggering to especially abuse victims. So it's a great, it's a really, really oh, it's great fantastic movie, though. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Emily Blunt but... is a fucking beast. I love her so much. Anyway, <laughs> so guys, next week, we're going to be talking about something that we've been wanting to talk about, and I don't know why we haven't, because it's kind of the, basically the OG uh, Christmas story, um, the the OG spiritual Christmas story is what I meant to say. Yeah, it's like um, the first Christmas ghost story. Well, Marley the original Marley. Christmas ghost story. Because we've done, you know, we've we've talked about Silent Night, Dudley Night, we've, you know, done Krampus, and there's there's a lot of Christmas horror out there, mm-hmm. and I'm loving that we're seeing more and more and more Christmas yes. horror films coming out. So there's obviously a theme, there's always, I feel like there's always sort of been a horror element to Christmas, and if you look at the a very original story of Christmas, which is A Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens classic, um... That's that's basically like the OG Christmas horror story. It, the Marley it really is dead to begin with. <laughs> it's fucking dead as a doornail. It's terrifying. <laughs> you get to the end. I don't care what anybody says. Like the original origin, the original Charles Dickens classic of the very end of A Christmas Carol is kind of terrifying. The ghost of the future was always the one that scared me. Well, that's what as I mean. Kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would scare. I think honestly it would scare anybody because if you, I mean, obviously we'll get more into it, but it's like facing mortality. Yep. You're literally facing death. And Stop being mortality. a dick. <laughs> literally that ghost was like, quit being a cunt, Kevin. Stop being a cunt, Kevin. This is how you wanted to fucking end up. I love, I love the George C. Scott one too. Cause it's literally like, yeah. And then he's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, we'll talk about A Christmas Carol next week, and I'm really excited because there are so many different versions of A Christmas Carol. Obviously, they're all pretty much the same thing, but um, we have our favorite versions and all that, and I've read the original. I had to do it for school. Uh, It was just, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, So guys, of course, you know, we have socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. The handles are DFWTO. Oh, <laughs> DFWTO8811 is the Facebook and Twitter handle. We, uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or want to say hey, our email address is DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Podbean, Inst- no, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please give us a follow, subscribe, so you know when we put out new episodes. Now, because of the way Christmas is falling next week, we will be putting out the episode on Wednesday. And then the following Wednesday, it will be Wednesdays. The only reason it was different in November was because of the holiday. Uh, but the way Christmas is falling this year, it's it's just going to be all Wednesdays. Yeah, Christmas and, and New Year's. And New Year's, yeah. So. Just Wednesdays, 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 as always. Go check out our merch site. Yes, yes. Um, I did get some of the merch in today. It was, it's or today. Last week, it's very cool. Uh, the mugs are really cool. Super big shout out to... 
Hank and uh, Llewellyn of Dark Matter Studios. You guys rock. Thank you so much for posting that picture with our mug. Um, we super appreciate that. And um, go check out our merch and go buy stuff because it's cool. But, you yes, know, please. it's the holidays. So, you know, we understand maybe January. But buy our shit. Y'all have been asking for our shit. We have shit. Yes, for it. We brought it. We brought it. So we there you go. It. Yes, All right, guys, have a great week. Be safe and remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Bye. I should not have said bye all the way over here. You're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. <laughs>